Today on Locked On Canadians, we preview the Montreal Canadiens game against Nashville. And more importantly, we talk about the trade deadline that's coming up, which Canadian Canadians players have their stock up, which ones have it down, what kind of return can we expect for any of these people. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 756 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize. And to start, let's just say Happy New Year to all our listeners. Thank you so much for a fantastic 2022. We really hope that 2023... Uh, builds our community even further. We're so appreciative of you guys. And Scott, um, you are back and settled in after a few days of not even being able to access your own home. Thank you for doing the mailbag last week. That was important. Uh, the end of your mailbag. I did not want to do that show without you. How are you doing on this fine Monday evening as we head into the Tuesday show? Uh, it was great. And then I watched the Montreal Canadiens play the Washington Capitals and things changed very rapidly. And it admittedly was not great where the Canadians filled their or basically pooped their pants in front of all of their mothers, which probably brought back a lot of flashbacks for many of them. Not a great game. We're not going to talk about it because there really isn't much to say other than the Canadians were not very good. Uh, and they roll on to playing Nashville now in the next step of the mom's trip here. Yesterday was Cole Caulfield's birthday or today is Cole Caulfield's birthday. It's the um, day when we're recording this. So it's yesterday when you listen to it. January 2nd. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very good with what day it is nowadays. <laughs> um, and I they do play Nashville, and then they have St. Louis coming up, which we'll talk about that later on in the week here. But uh, I'm hoping for at least better efforts going forward here than losing 9-2 and 7-2 and 5-1 in the span of three games, uh, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's not great. And those of you who were worrying that the Canadians would finish the season in too high of a position to get a, a good draft pick, I think your worries can be alleviated now. Uh, one thing that uh, Scott and I both wanted to mention, and it, it has been in the discourse of the Montreal Canadiens over the last couple of games, especially not just with that, you know, the number of losses that they've racked up in the last month or so, but also the last few games where it has been abysmal. Um, the goal differential is, I think, historically bad now. And Arvin Basu kind of summed it up uh, when, with, with just the headline of his article saying, this team is not the team that Martin St. Louis thought it was. So I think let's look at this Nashville game and let's look at the next cu- couple of games and talk about, I don't want to talk about how bad this team is. It's, like We know how bad this team is. Let's talk about what the challenge is for Martin St. Louis. Like, at this point, this is the adversity. This is the first adversity that he's facing. And let's talk about what he needs to do now. Well, the biggest thing is, is he needs to get the veterans to, and I'm going to say this as kindly as possible to pull their damn weight. Like it's, you can see who is trying and who is not. 
And there's a lot of passengers right now coming back. And we give Joel Edmondson and David Savard flack in these games. David Savard, I can at least see trying every night. Like he, he might not be the player that he once was, but I see the effort there. Even Mike Hoffman, I've seen the effort out of more often than some of the other people on this team. And if you're not going to buy in, then get out. And for Martin St. Louis, the defensive lines are shuffled a little bit, obviously, with Caden Gooley out after the Florida game, which not great. Arguably the Canadians' best defenseman this season, at least by the eye test and everything going with that. That means Justin Barron is on the top pairing with Joel Edmondson, which who knows? Second pairing is, uh, I believe it is Jordan Harris with David Savard. And then Jonathan Kovacevic and Chris Ryden were alternating opposite Arbor Jacki. Nashville has 36 points on the season in 35 games. The Canadians have 33 and 37. Nashville is coming off a year where UC Soros was incredible. Roman Yossi was incredible. Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, everybody was incredible. This year, everyone is incredibly average. They're not a bad team, but they are a team that can easily hang another five goals on the Canadians if they're not up to it. And my biggest thing for this game is that it is on Martin St. Louis to manage emotions in this one. Um, he didn't pull Jake Allen and he admitted that was a mistake. It takes a lot for a coach to admit that that is a mistake and why they did that. I am hoping just for a better effort. I'm not even asking them to win this game. I'm asking to show me that you have an ounce of give a crap in your game right now. Cause Suzuki Caulfield and doc are trying their best but they can't carry everything. Yeah, the line's great when they're together, but you need more from that. I want to see someone else try and match that effort. You don't have to score highlight reel goals. Just give me the effort. Give me a building block forward here. We talked about building block wins. They haven't had one of those in a while because they've just been getting their absolute butts kicked in in the last couple games, possession-wise, you know, expected goals, the regular score line. It doesn't look pretty. They're not as bad as 9-2 to the Capitals, and I don't think they're as good as their early season there. They were always going to be rough. Five rookies on defense, but against Nashville, I want to see effort. I want to, and I, you know, if they don't, then you start, you know, sending a message one way or the other. Trade guys, I don't care. Do something to get at least the effort and good vibes back into this team. They just have to show up. They don't have to be amazing, but they have to show up. I think that's the key here. That's what I that's what I would want them to do. Um, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, like the coach admitting that he made a mistake. I think the accountability there goes a long way. I think I still have the same faith that I had in Martin Saint-Louis as I had at the end of last season or at the beginning of this season. Yeah, you know, some of the sparkle has come off. But at the end of the day, like, we're being realistic, right? Like, this team is not a good team, and he has managed last year and the beginning of this year to get a lot more out of them than, than you could expect, right? I still think, though, that this is this is a challenge that he's going to have to really learn how to navigate because this is not going to be the first slump the Canadians go through. Even good teams will go through these things. But this is where he's going to learn how to adjust. This is where he's going to learn how to evolve his thinking as a coach. And I, I'm optimistic about it. I have faith in Martin St. Louis. So I'm not too worried. It's just very frustrating to watch the games because, as you said, there's some people that just don't show up. They're not pulling their weight. They're not showing up. And so... Josh Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to, this is what we're going to do in the next couple of segments. Normally the first episode of the week is a three up, three down. This is an everybody up or down uh, episode. So in the next two segments, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the roster and uh, see whose who's trade value has gone up, whose trade value has gone down in light of how they're performing at the moment. Scott, you had something to say before we go on to our next segment? Also, the other reason we're not doing a three up, three down is that uh, everyone is a down, everybody. It's zero the up, board this week. down. <laughs> yes, and we don't want to be mean and overly negative, but all of you should think about what you've done. Now go to your bed without dessert. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to move on and talk about the trade value on this team or the trade values on this team. But first, as you know, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to college bowl season and everything else, even the NHL, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one right now, you can get those at BetOnline.net as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so the idea I had for this segment was I would just go through the roster <laughs> and then we would decide, is this person, should they be traded at all? Um, if they should be traded, what can the Canadians get for them and how likely it is they'll be traded? And whether this has risen or fallen since the offseason. So the obvious one, we're going to start. I'm literally just going to go through this roster. I'm going to mention Cole Caulfield and see what, what Scott says. Uh, the first person to discuss is Josh Anderson. I would say that, yes, he should be traded, but I am concerned that his trade value has dramatically fallen since the offseason. Josh Anderson, to me, I think is the most valuable trade piece on this team, not because he is the best player on this team, but because NHL GMs are very stupid. Look at a team that gave JT Miller $56 million to not play defense and curse at his goaltenders. Josh Anderson represents a thing that all GMs love. He is large, he can score goals, and he can skate. Admittedly, he doesn't play defense very well. His goal scoring is streaky. He can skate like the wind and hit like a Mack truck. And there is a GM out there who's going to go, yep, that is so worth multiple pieces in a trade. Contract's a little rough. And with the cap not going up as much as they expected this offseason, I don't know if this is a this year trade, but I think in the very, very near future, Josh Anderson will no longer be a Montreal Canadian. I understand the logic behind him, and I want Josh Anderson to work. He just does not fit in the system right now, or perhaps potentially worse, he's just he doesn't care, and that's a problem. I don't think he doesn't care. I think he's just not able to figure it out. And I think a lot of these these players have kind of lost that initial spurt of motivation that they got under Martin St. Louis. It's not unheard of. And it's partly, you know, it's a partly up to him to re-motivate them. But I would agree that that's where Josh Anderson is Josh Anderson is at the moment. Uh, next player, Yoel Armia. Should he be traded? Yes. Can I mean, he yes. be traded? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think he's getting bought out this offseason. Uh, there's too much smoke around that. And like, I feel bad because Yol Armia would be a perfectly cromulent fourth liner. He is not paid like a fourth liner because Mark Bergevin paid him for his playoff performance where he could cycle with Corey Perry and Eric Stahl. 
They do not have players that complement Yol Armia's play style, which is methodical and it's effective when it works, but they don't have Eric Stahl. They don't have Corey Perry and they do not have someone on that fourth line who plays that style. Anthony Richard plays shot out of a rocket. No pun intended. Jake Evans is a mostly defensive two way forward and Michael Pozzetta occasionally puts a puck into the net with his face and punches dudes. There is not a fourth line spot that makes sense for Yol Armia. Arturi Lekkinen was great opposite him because he could keep possession and keep things going. Uh, he's going to get bought out this offseason. It's it's not working. They put him on the top line. They put him on every line. It doesn't work. Part of it is bad luck. Part of it is he's getting paid too much, and he's just not worth that contract anymore. Cole Caulfield, nobody's trading him. Kirby Duck, we are not trading him. Evgeny Dodonov, um, I think they got him as a trade piece, but his stock right now is in the toilet. Yeah, he was found money. Currently, uh, Evgeny Dodonov has two goals and six assists in 29 games. Yes, the Canadians are bad. I think they will get some kind of mid-round pick for him. Someone will want the body. I like, I mean, a team tried to trade from last year, for God's sakes. They couldn't, but I think a, a team on the fringe of needing depth in their bottom six will happily trade for Evgeny Dodonov because he's about as like plain white bread replacement level players you can get right now. And I just think that if this was a different Canadians team, he'd be much better, but because they're bad and he's just not able to pick up the slack, like in Vegas where he can play a secondary role here. He just kind of, it's like, well, the top line's not scoring. So do something. And he can't, unfortunately, Jonathan drew that's, this one's an interesting one. I, uh, what do you even say at this point? Like, I like Jonathan Drouin. And I was thinking about this at work earlier. Jonathan Drouin was brought in by Mark Bergevin and immediately put in a no-win situation where he was brought, he was traded for a very high-end draft pick, Mikhail Sergachev, who is now a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And he was sold as the next center and a franchise-defining piece. Anyone who, you know, looked at the numbers admitted Jonathan Drouin is a skilled player, but he should not be the primary focal point of your offense. He does best in a secondary role and being an auxiliary contributor. Drouin was never able to live up to the expectations set by that trade. And this year, it's just like everyone else on this team. Everything is between the ears on a lot of these players. And it's been tough for him that he's overcome injuries when he's playing well and then he had, you know, his uh, mental health break, which, you know, obviously everyone supports him in that. It's a no-win situation for a guy who I think has so much skill to offer. And I think a change of scenery is going to do wonders for him and a team that needs him in that proper role. It's not for a lack of effort. I just think that, like, the Montreal Jonathan Drouin thing wasn't a fit. If he's not traded at the deadline, he's going to he's obviously gone in free agency. And I think a team, you know, that wants to add a bit of skill on like their third line will sign him dirt cheap and get, you know, decent numbers out of him on the power play and Habs fans will wonder, well, why didn't it work out here? I I think he, he will be gone one way or the other uh, by the end of this season. It wouldn't shock me if it's the trade deadline for a team one to add a skill piece for the playoffs. Uh, Christian Dvorak. I think he's a good trade piece. I think he's a good trade piece. I also don't think he's getting traded. And my only reason for that is I think Sean Monahan's getting flipped for a good, decent chunk at the deadline here based on his production this year. 
And I think Christian Dvorak will last into next year or depending on how the draft shakes out and where the Canadians land in the draft, he could be gone uh, in July. I don't think his stock, I think has kind of stayed neutral. He's fine for what he is. It's just getting the surrounding pieces to get the best out of him. Hasn't worked so far. I don't think it's Christian Dvorak's fault per se. He wasn't brought in to be an offensive force. He was brought in to replace Philip Deneau and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And then they gave him Josh Anderson and Jonathan Drouin as line mates, which is not a winning combination. I don't think he's getting traded. I do think there are teams who are interested in him, though, because he's got another year or two on his contract. Um, He's got term, and he's useful. It's not like he's useless. Yeah, exactly. He's a useful trade piece for a team looking for a long-term beyond a rental addition for a team here. All right, last one in this segment is Jake Evans. Obviously, he's a fourth liner uh, on a decent enough contract. I wouldn't trade him just because, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't I don't think that there's very many um, teams lining up for a fourth liner, but I would guess that maybe towards the trade deadline, a team with a really good chance at a Stanley Cup might want to add him if they don't have enough of a good bottom six. But I don't think he's getting traded. He just signed that new contract in the offseason, I believe. Um, He's a very, yeah, he's a perfectly fine um, bottom six pivot piece. I don't mind him on the wing on a line if they need someone else out there for late minutes. And I don't mind him as the fourth line center. He's, and this is a very sad tale of how the Canadians development system has gone. He's one of the few success stories from the Mark Bergevin era. And I think he's going to be here for another year. And I'm hopeful that if they get more balance in their lineup, we'll see his production kind of rise a little bit. I think he can very easily be an eight, nine goal guy and, you know, dozen or so assists. He doesn't have to be a massive producer, but I do think there is more offensive talent there for that. He's not going this year. He might next year, depends on what state the Canadians are in, in terms of where is Owen Beck at, where's Philip Machar at, where are this year's upcoming draft picks in? Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, what Jake Evans' future holds for the Montreal Canadiens. And we're going to go through the rest of this roster and talk about whether they're tradable or not in just one moment. All right. So we're going to go through some more players. Uh, Brendan Gallagher. This one's an interesting one because a lot of people think his contract is not tradable. Any contract is tradable. Shea Weber's contract got traded and he was never playing a day of hockey again in his life. Like I, 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 what Brendan Gallagher has done for the Canadians has always been admirable. He's given up a lot of his body and a lot of his blood and a lot of bits and pieces of himself for this team. He got rewarded with a contract when he was a guy who could score 20 goals on the regular. That was on a team that had some balanced scoring to it. Brendan Gallagher right now is a middle six forward with a top six contract and an injury history that is preventing him from fully playing. Like he's already injured again this year. You look at him play compared to where he started the year where there was pep in his step and he was playing like the old Brendan Gallagher. He got injured in the last game. He apparently got hurt in practice today and came back. Dude is falling apart. I think, but at the same time, just like Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher's, you know, no nonsense style of play will convince a GM that I can fix him. I can fix him and make him back into 30 goal Brendan Gallagher. 
And if Hughes is getting calls and the package is good, it will hurt to ship a fan favorite out of this city. But at the same time, this is where good GMs shine. Just because they are always a fan favorite, if it benefits the team in the long run, you have to do the right thing. And this is not like trading a Max Pacioretty or a P.K. Subban. Yes, Max Pacioretty worked out in the long run, but that's because Mark Bergevin was offered Nick Suzuki instead of Cody Glass. Anyways, I will be shocked if Brendan Gallagher's contract is traded just because I think it's got too much term and too much money. Until the cap rises, you're going to see number 11 in Montreal, at least for a little while longer. And so I really want to quickly mention Rem Pitlick because he's not listed on the current roster, but he's definitely a trade piece. I think he's someone that they're going to bring back. Uh, obviously, he signed the new deal. I think he's got a three-year deal or a two-year deal. I think he's just cooking in the AHL right now. He's going to be one of those guys that they're going to call up. He's going to play a lot in the second half of the season. You're uh, Assuming they are able to get some of these other bodies moved out, I think they see the value in Rem Pitlick, and his work for the Rocket has been very important right now. I don't think he's going anywhere this year. He'd be an off-season trade, if anything, because without him – the Rocket and the Lions, everybody's running thin while injuries and call-ups and everything else are taking their toll. Pitlick's not going anywhere this year. I think his AHL play is helping to restore some of his value a little bit. A team who wants, like Dodonov, here's a skilled bottom six guy. He's not, you know, your typical grinder. He plays with speed and pace and skill, and that's always a good option to have instead of, well, this guy just checks. Uh, when you get down to the playoffs and must win game situations. Mike Hoffman, what does he fetch? I think his trade stock has gone up by the way, since like, if you look at before the season started and now I think his trade stock is up. I do too. And we've given Mike Hoffman a lot of flack and the numbers have shown his, he's not playing badly. It's just everyone on this team can't seem to mentally get where they need to. I think his stock has gone up a bit. I don't think he's a first round pick material, but I do think there are teams out there who are going to see that and want, like the Habs did, the power play addition, that, you know, lesser line competition, lots of offensive zone starts, lots of power play time, maybe in a power play that doesn't suck. And I know that's kind of putting a blunt edge to it, but the Canadians' power play sucks and it doesn't play to anyone's strengths, quite frankly. I think Hoffman could very easily be traded at this deadline. I think he's played well enough that his stock has gone up overall even if his goal-scoring numbers aren't quite where we want them to be. Our LTIR king, Sean Monaghan. He's going at the deadline. Someone will offer a second-round pick and a prospect or a first-round pick for Sean Monaghan. He's got got 17 points in 25 games. And the minute he left, the Canadians' offense kind of fell all over itself. Michael Pizzetta. I think he's going to end up in the AHL, to be honest. Um some other team that just wants a body will probably claim him on waivers uh, unless there's a trade for it. They might get an AHL body. They might get like a fifth or a sixth round pick. Maybe uh, it is what it is. He was, he's been fun and I'm glad that he's been able to stick at the NHL level because it's hard work paying off kind of thing. I just don't see a long-term fit here, but I do think there are other teams that might be interested in his uh, style of play. Anthony Richard. He's coming back. He's going to get signed again to an NHL contract next year. 
They're going to try and stash him in the AHL again. I think he likes playing in Montreal. Uh, he's kind of endeared himself to the fan base while he's played for the Rocket. And scoring his first NHL goal for the Habs, I think, is a very big thing. He's not going anywhere this season. I think if the Rocket want to make the playoffs, they need him around. And I don't think they're going to ship him out of town for that. I think Slavkovsky ah, Slavkovsky and Nick Suzuki are untouchables at this point. Um, if, so let's just move on. No, I was going to say, if Kent Hughes trades Uri Slavkovsky, the Bell Center might actually burn down. because It's, it's like, not it, happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. All right. So for defense, uh, Justin Barron's an interesting one because they traded for him. And I think he still hasn't really proven what he's made of. So I think the Canadians will keep him around for a bit just to kind of figure out what he's about and try to figure out what his ceiling is. Cause I don't, I honestly don't think that they know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of the rookies on defense are going anywhere. All right. Jack guy's not going anywhere. Harris isn't going anywhere. Caden Cooley sure as hell not going anywhere. And the so. interesting thing is there's a lot of commenters that want Harris traded, not just commenters like people on Twitter, people asking in our mailbag. A lot of people want Harris traded. And I'm like, no, no, we don't, we don't really uh, fully appreciate the value that Jordan Harris brings. Like he's not going to be, like Eric Carlson, right? Like that's not. He's just a solid guy that eventually, if he's anchoring your third pairing, you're doing pretty well for yourself. He's just, he's a no flash sizzle kind of player. And like, he's got 11 points in 33 games. You know, it's, he's not playing badly. I wouldn't recommend trading Jordan Harris. Not anytime soon. Anyways. Here's something humbling is that we've been talking all season about how old Joel Edmondson is. And he's not even 30 yet. Joel Edmondson looks like a guy who's 35. He just looks <laughs> perpetually tired at this point, which I deeply respect that. I've never related to an NHL player more in my entire life than Joel Edmondson looking perpetually tired after trying his best on a given night. So um, do I, I, I do think their team's calling for him. I think he's, he's going to be an oiler and it's going to be hilarious. So um. I next player. Okay. So we said no to Gouli or Harris. Uh, what about Jonathan Kovacevic? He's going to stay. He's found money for them at this point. I think he's been probably their most stable. Like he does. He has, he might be the least flashy player I've ever seen play for the Canadians, but he he's and Jordan so Harris good, just get it done. They just like, get it done. If you look at what they're supposed to bring to the team, these two players, they are bringing it and more. Like, if you adjust your expectations to what they're supposed to be about, they're really, really good. Uh, and then our, we've got two more LTIR players, Mike Matheson and David Savard. I don't see Mike Matheson going anywhere. I do see David Savard being shopped. I don't see him being traded. Uh, David Savard will probably not go anywhere this year. I think next year uh, might be that. Uh, they just need to get a year off that contract to make him more appealing as a rental. Uh, but... I don't see either of them going anywhere. So or no. at least not right now. Uh, Chris, that leaves us with gold. I mean, if you can flip them, I'm not really, I'm not really plused one way or the other. You forgot he existed, uh, I, didn't you? Oh, no. Cause I was looking at the stats before I switched over to the goaltending ones here, uh, looking at the numbers and it's, he's fine. He, he there's, there's nothing objectively wrong about Chris Weidman except for him getting top power play usage. That's my biggest complaint. But that's not his fault, right? Like it's it's the coaching. No, that's the fault. power play being think. hot dog water. So like. Yes. Um, all right. And then we've got two goalies. We've got Jake Allen and Samuel Montambo. Should they be traded? Can they be traded? 
And can the Canadians get value for either of them? Uh, Jake Allen, probably. Samuel Montembeau, no. Um, I think Jake Allen, despite the 894, but he's just been getting absolutely hammered at this point. Like, um, I think both are staying this year right now. Uh, I think in the near future, we will see Jake Allen go, depending on what the whole goaltending thing shakes out to be, especially if the rumors about Devin Levi, which we talked about before, end up being true. Samuel Montembeau is like the perfect just backup guy right now. We should him a few more games right now. Let Jake Allen rest a little bit, and that might help stabilize things a bit too. So uh, until we find out what is going on with Caden Primo, I don't see Jake Allen going anywhere, but I do think that that clock is definitely ticking starting this off season. Like after the Stanley cup and everything, Jake Allen's time starts ticking depending on what moves the Canadians make in free agency. And we're going to obviously be following that for the rest of the season. We've got some exciting uh, guests and stuff coming up. Obviously, tomorrow we'll be talking about the Nashville game and hoping that Martin St. Louis has learned his lesson. But uh, at some point soon, we're getting Sebastian High on. But even though we will be covering the Habs, you know, draft previews and prospects, the current prospects they have in the system, we're going to be covering that very heavily in the second half of this season, obviously, because the Canadians aren't that fun to talk about. But do not forget as well that there is a Locked On NHL Prospects that is hosted by Hadi Kalakesh, and he always has very, very reasoned and thought-provoking arguments. I know a lot of people disagree. A lot of people agree. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting watch. It's an interesting listen. So please check out Locked On NHL Prospects because Hadi covers it all over there. Um, and like I said, it's thought-provoking. Pr- In the meantime, please continue to support this podcast because we are so appreciative of everything that you've brought to our lives. Like I said, we're going to have a lot more fun content coming up. Trade deadline stuff, prospect stuff, you name it, we'll have it. Interviews, everything. It's going to happen right here on Locked On Canadian. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find Scott on Twitter at Scott Metla and me at The Active Stick. You can always email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave mailbag questions in the comments to this YouTube video, please do so. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.